Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly. It's Thursday the 23rd of February 2023 and it's League Cup final week. It's Glasgow Derby week. Um, it's a pressure that we that the club thrives on but it's not certainly not a pressure that I thrive on I'll be honest with you um I'm your host Christopher Gallagher and uh, we'll be going over plenty of stuff uh, on the build up to the big game on Sunday um this week we've got uh a, we've put a panel together uh Chris Armani and Alan Edgar uh, were unable to take part Alan will be taking part in the lunch club tomorrow which is part of the cynic.co um so we've we've got to be honest two of the best these guys Th- these aren't replacements. These are guys who really are fighting for first team positions. Um, so it's great to have them on board. Barry Gallar's here. Hello, Barry. How are you, sir? I'm good. Um, much the same as yourself. I don't um, enjoy these fixtures. I don't involve the build up um, and the game themselves unless we're clearly out in front. But I'm hoping this will be a bit of therapy and try and set the mood. But I know that will just probably ramp it up even more. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Here we go. Long way of, short way of saying it. Um, we also have, all the way from uh, Long Island, New York, we've got Eddie Walsh. Hello, Eddie. How are you, sir? I am doing good, Chris Tefer. Uh I think I feel actually nervous. Uh, I'm usually fairly confident about these games, but um, I'm, I'm actually pretty nervous, uh, but more excited about the podcast than the game itself <laughs> like reminiscing about uh times that we know we know exactly what happened instead of uh waiting for the what could happen so, yeah. yeah great stuff genuinely um <clears throat> two of uh, the best in the business uh barry and eddie let's uh let's get involved we've got lots of questions we've got lots of content uh to get through but barry yes our good friend sean henderson sends in a question oft Hello, Sean. Sean asks, can you ask Barry Gallagher tonight if he prefers a Tollbooth Guinness or one from dear old Donegal? What's your, uh, what's your preference? Well, that is a fantastic question. And thank you to my good friend, Sean. Um, it's got to be Donegal, isn't it? Um, I think everything else is um, a mere imitation. Um, the Tollbooth does a fantastic Guinness, um, as Sean and I have enjoyed many times together. But it's, it's, Danny Gall's always going to top it, but the fact that we have such good, um, I'm sure, I think the three of us were on a podcast with Sir Manny when we talked about this in depth, didn't we? Yeah. Um, one of the specials. Um, Tobit's right up there, um, Heritage as well, but nothing beats uh, Danny Gall. So, yeah, Danny Gall for me. Brilliant stuff. Um, Eddie... Obviously, you drink quite a bit and kind of are in and around the New York area. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Are you okay, mate? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the best Guinness around you? Uh, that's a good question. I feel like there's there's a couple. Uh, I think uh, Molly Shabin is one of my favorite places on 23rd and 3rd. Um, Patty Riley's, rest in peace. It's closing, uh, I think, at the end of March. It's great Guinness. Uh, Alan has been there himself, as well as Molly's, I think, too. And uh, I recently went to, finally got to uh, Swift Hibernian in uh, the village, and that place has a tremendous Guinness. So lots of lots of good options. I think I'm going to be spreading out into the boroughs. The Keys and Queens in particular is a favorite. But 
great stuff. Great to hear. Um, 53rd and 3rd was the Ramones. Yes. Yeah. About, about, about prostitution, I believe. Absolutely. Uh, and Johnny Thunders, I believe, is mentioned in that song. Anyway, um, so let's get involved. Uh, Celtic have a, a huge game that, um, as, yeah, it's kind of, we've been doing podcasts all week. If, you know, we've had lots of content this week. Uh, the cynic.co is where you can get um, access to all. Um, you can sign up for, you know, a month at a time. You can sign up for an, an annual subscription, but um, ultimately, we're pumping out Celtic content on a, on a daily basis, and we've had a lot of stuff this week. We had the agenda, with the review, um, and yesterday we had the midweek bounce. So, see, even before we start it, I know this is a question for for kind of later on when we're actually kind of focusing on the game. But um, my excitement and nervousness and overall feeling towards the game has just been up and down like a roller coaster. It's Thursday. The game's on Sunday. Barry, how are you feeling just now? Has there been a kind of swerve in your kind of feelings towards the game? Definitely, because I think, if you think logically, the way that we're playing, um, the quality we have all over the pitch, you would like to think that we could give most most teams on our day um, a run for their money. Um, I think the Rangers team um, do offer up a lot of chances for the opposition and that's something that we should and hopefully will capitalise on. But I think, just as you were kind of doing the intro there, Gal, as well, I was thinking about this game, seeing the build-up for it seems bigger than games that I can remember in recent memory. Like, uh, yeah. uh, so I think a graphic for the, the via play panel and there's about 12 people on it. Like, when have they ever done that? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's crazy. Um, there's Rangers players, like Loudrop and all that coming out, talking about it. Um, so it seems like a, a massive game um, in cup finals. I hate all those cliches about form goes out the window because I genuinely think it doesn't. Um, I think in these games, more often than not, the form team does win. Um, but a cup final changes all that. Um, and you just... you just The thing that kind of is in my mind um, in recent memories, obviously the semi-final from last year. Um, but I think Celtic have impressed and um, sorry improved and progress since then so yeah I think even and even in this these this sort of sentences that I'm saying my, I'm going up and I'm thinking we'll definitely win oh no we might lose so I think a lot of the listeners will relate to that it changes on a sort of hourly basis um, but I think all being well the thing that consoles me is if we were to play to our best and they were to play to their best I think we would win comfortably so you're just hoping that there's us at our best and they're not quite at it so that it's a more comfortable afternoon as my dad always says, Eddie, how's the form? Are you feeling? What's happening? I I feel similar to Barry. Barry I think um, usually around these games, uh, Mark Breslin and I will exchange messages like, "How are you feeling?" And usually it's me going, "Ah, no problem. You know, we'll, we'll be fine." But today, um, we both were like, "Holy shit! Yeah, we're we're very scared." <laughs> so, uh, but I, but I think you know, much like Barry said, I think we we're hitting form right now. And I think with the Aberdeen game in particular, you're seeing how many players, even off the bench that are, you know, having really, really good games and impact on those games. So I think as a whole, I feel like we are obviously the stronger team. Um, But I think I forget who mentioned it uh, this week, but you know, VAR is always going to be in the back of my mind. Um, just as far as what role it's going to play. Hopefully it doesn't play any role. Um, but I think that's like an added 
an added thing to kind of be nervous about, you know, there's just the general calls of the game. And then there's, you know, <laughs> general calls of the game that are influenced by other things and seeing the videos back and, you know, they're clearly mistaken, but it doesn't matter. So it's, it's almost like it's getting shoved back in your face. <laughs> like this, this is a wrong decision and we're going to replay it over and over and over again to see. So, yeah, I think that's a worry for me. But other than that, I'm, I agree with Barry as far as like, you know, if we play to our best, we're going to win. And I think win with considerable style. Um, you know, this team is just the team that we're playing right now is not necessarily any different um, as far as style goes. I mean, their form, fine. Honestly, I don't pay too much attention to it. Um so yeah, I think it, all we can do is just go out there and have an incredible game. And I feel like the last, I don't know, maybe two or three games um, have been, you know, kind of an encouraging sign of uh, what what could come. Hey, Barry, do you want to come in there? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, Eddie makes the point there that Rangers haven't really changed, and I don't know if either of you have seen the. It was the sort of team lines for the um, twenty nineteen um, League Cup final uh, when. I think nine of their starting eleven could potentially still play on Sunday, and we've changed so much. But to go back to the semi-final again last year in the, the Scottish Cup, when obviously it went to extra time and so on, um, the our bench I think really let us down that day. I think we ended up with was it not at one point we had Welsh and Forest as like our whole right hand side. Yeah, and obviously as Eddie says, we now have. If players aren't doing it in the first 60 minutes, we have real quality to come on. Like the quality and the starting lineup sometimes even improves from what started rather than a drop off. So I think that could be crucial because I remember that day looking at what was coming on and thinking, oh God, like we have, we're down to the bare bones. Um, but now we have guys who on Sunday could potentially not even make the, the 18 or whatever it is. Um, because there's so much quality there. So that's one thing I think that could swing it in our favour if it isn't going our way for the first 50, 60 minutes or so. Eddie, did you want to come in? Yeah, I think that's a really great point. As far as the bench goes, I think, you know, you remember to last season, the season before, where, you know, you could see, you know, certain players coming in and, you know, thinking about what it's eventually going to be like. But I feel like right now is what we thought it was going to be like for the most part you know like kind of where we thought we would be um eventually and you know as far as they go i think it's almost like uh when you're trying to mix paint to make a certain color and you screw up and then you just try to add more paint and it turns shit brown like that's that's the rangers team to me you know like <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you, you add different managers you add different you know aaron ramsey's and shit like that but it's it's still the same shit brown almost like you're saying they're just like a rotting corpse that you're trying to sort of you know bring back to life and ultimately when you bring back to life it's you know we've all seen pet cemetery we've all seen you know return of living dead you bring it back to life and it's just poisoned and it's broken and is that what you're saying the football club is yes yes actually yeah it's worse than it was before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's rotting in there. Obviously, they're fans. They're sort of like broken, snapped bones. Obviously, Ian Duran. You know, sorry. um, No, outrageous. Um, Zombie Nation. Um, So, I mean, yeah, as we say, we... we, um, We're excited about it. But before I even get to the opening question, um, are we set up 
are we set up for this in regards to I don't think we've got any injuries. Um, I know that David Turnbull was kind of David Turnbull and Moy missed out last week, but as far as we're led to believe, we, you know that it should be long term, so they potentially could be available. Everyone's kind of available. Everyone's kind of on form. Kyogo scoring goals. Obviously, I know that he, he kind of came back in the second half. So you know, O looks like um, a different proposition in regards to Jackamakis. So like is. In regards to where we are right now, before a ball's kicked, you don't really have a bone to pick, Barry, and it really should be about us going out there and and just take them apart. Yeah, um, I think the way I would describe it is it's perfect conditions for like Avanzi to sort of write his ideal scenario week wise. Um, obviously, no midweek games. Um, I fully. A full complement of players, I know you like the one girl. Um full complement of players to pick from. Love it. And players in form, players who are desperate to get into the team. Um and we'll come on to that um slightly later. But the likes of O'Reilly, who I thought impressed, um, you know that if he doesn't start, or if he does start, he'll be desperate to to show that he's worthy of a place in the team. So it's kind of win win. Um in terms of the wide man uh, wide men as well, you've got Guys like Abada, who's done it against him before, who might not start. Haksabanovic, who has shown glimpses of um, been real quality as well. Um, and as you say, there's Moy and Turnbull, who um, could come on instead of the ship if they don't start. Turnbull, I know, scored against them in the, the game at Celtic Park. So there is options all over the park. Um, but just the way my mind works, that thing's like, it's a little too perfect, if you know what I mean. Like, you start to think... This thing's going too well, but um, as I say, if I had to choose um, preparation-wise what a week going into a cup final would look like, I think it wouldn't be too far from what we have just now. Eddie, what's your kind of thoughts on that? Um, Big Debbie Downer over here is gutted that uh, we don't have players are injured. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's too perfect, guys. I don't know. Um, no, I think, uh, I mean, it is. It really is. Like I said a minute ago, I think, you know, we are kind of where we thought we'd be or where we wanted to be uh, with this set of players with Ange. Um, and you're kind of confident, um, you know, when certain players come on, I think you made a great point. I mean, as far as lineup goes, you know, the big question, Moy or O'Reilly, like, you know, you'll see them both, but I think, uh, you know, what a great problem to have is, and kind of the differences that they bring to the game, uh, you know, in pace, creation you know uh iq i think it's we're just spoiled <laughs> we're spoiled in that area and i think um again they're just hitting form right now so i think all we can do is just go out there and you know exactly like you said just smash them and i think um i'm particularly excited um to see my guy abada um you know you know he's my guy and uh <laughs> He's, I mean, borderline hunts, the borderline scalper. Uh, yeah. It, but yeah. I mean, see the thing about Abada, he, he, like, he does tend to turn up against Rangers, but not necessarily away Starting. from, uh, uh, not necessarily away from home, um, would be the other thing. He's, he seems to be outrageously good at Celtic Park. Um, but you know, his performance in the Scottish Cup semi last week, last season, and again, I'm not going to hold him to that at all because a lot of players were put in that game, so that's fine. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about our, our team lineups, yeah. um, uh, to, a little bit later on. So, absolutely plenty of time to come back and, and kind of talk about that. But we've got an opening question, 
from uh, Ian, our good friend Ian. He asks, what is everyone's favourite goal celebration against Rangers? He doesn't say Rangers. Uh, a personal favourite is Tom Rogic cupping his ear while running past the Raging Bears in the 3-2 game under Rogers. And I'm pretty sure he snapped Thingy's ankle as well. Uh, bits. <laughs> terrific. Uh, yeah. the, ma- the master of them all. Um, what's your um, cheap? That was cheap. Uh, Barry, what's your <laughs> favorite goal celebrations? I'm going back quite a while um, for this one, and it's back to 1987, and it was a 2 2 draw um, at Ibrooks. And it was the game where it was Goldilocks and the, the three bears, um, yep. and Frank McAvenny and all that ended up in, in court. Um, but it's a Terry Butcher um, back pass that goes over the goalkeeper, and bizarrely, um, Peter Grant would claim it, but he falls to his knees um, at the Broomland Road end and blesses himself and points to the heavens. So I think that is iconic. Um, wasn't the best of goals, wasn't the best of outcomes for Celtic either because we were 2-0 up um, and ended up drawing 2-2. But I just love that. Um, it's the strip, the centenary strip. Gorgeous. Um, and it's funny because... Peter Grant spoke about it. He got so much grief for that afterwards. Um, so much so that Seaman Joe Miller scored in the 89 Cup final um, from the, the, the infamous um, throw-in uh, goal. He goes to do it and Grant jumps on him to stop him from doing it because um, he didn't want him to go through the grief. But I think just iconic. Um, I know Peter Grant is a man of faith, so it isn't superficial um, and it wasn't um, out of turn. So... I think if I was to had lucky enough to play that, I think that would have been my celebration as well. Great stuff, uh, Edward Walsh. Um, I think I mean way to start this. Uh, I think Roger's celebration is kind of like a almost like a cult favorite right now. I feel like maybe it's kind of come up into uh, you know prominence the last couple of seasons of being remembered. Uh, but I definitely love that one. But my personal favorite was January 2nd, 2011. Giorgio Samaras uh, jumping into the crowd, being engulfed in our supporters. There might not be another one I love as much. And I think it kind of encapsulates um, the occasion um, you know, what it means to support the club. Um, and obviously, you know, the connection between players and support and just to see him just not even stop. He just, you know, scored that incredible goal, which I mean, it couldn't have happened to a better person. Uh, just literally dinking right by, uh, McGregor and then, uh, just straight over, hopped the boards, hopped right into the crowd. Just just seeing everybody engulf him was my favorite part. But yeah, geez, that's uh, still brings chills. <laughs> Barry? You know what I love about that as well? I did see the other substitutes. I believe it's, um, who's there? It's like Josh Hoyveld and Mark Krosas and Niall McGinn. Like they just jump on after them as well. And I think the point you make there is great because obviously Salmon asks, um, a Greek footballer had no connection to Celtic, but it shows you how much these fixtures can really unite the players and fans. And yeah, um, an iconic celebration. Yeah, I love it as well. Uh, 
McStay's goal at Ibrox when he just runs up and he points his yeah. arms up to the heavens is, is outrageous. Or <laughs> uh, even John Collins when he scores that free kick, free kick and he runs by with a big smile on his face. Just so many. Um, I mean, not even mentioned guys like Sutton and Larson, and you know that you could literally do a whole podcast on celebrations. <laughs> Uh, golds against Rangers. Write that down. Yes, <laughs> that's coming soon. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just yeah. Uh, let's see what we've got in store um, on Sunday in regards to celebration. Hopefully, hopefully we've got plenty. Um, before we cover the game, uh, just Kyogo. Uh, he done an interview in uh, in his native Japan, uh, and he was just got some quotes here. Um, just talking about him at Celtic. I want to be as successful as possible with this club. My focus is only on Celtic to be able to have the most possible success for the club. As a, for the club, as a team, we want to win as many titles as possible. As my personal goal, I'd like to score thirty goals this season. But of course, I don't know what will happen in the future. So I just want to score as many goals as possible and contribute to the team's victory. And then he says, obviously, I'm not a great player, so I still need to keep working on my game and improving. My positional play, for example, or the timing when I offer myself for a pass, or that I will be even more varied than my finishing. I keep working on those things in training so that I can implement all these processes in the games in the best way possible. Uh, he just comes across as really humble and really focused. Um, I was very happy with my teammates kept encouraging me to help build me up again after the World Cup. Um, so I was very determined to do even better and score more goals to not only win matches, but to make all my teammates smile. What a lovely guy. I'm very grateful because I have great teammates, club staff and fans who always support me. Fans who cheer me on and a team of coaches who trust me as well as my teammates who fight for the ball with a lot of physical effort and create chances. Um, he's just a, genuinely just a great guy in regards to uh, how he comes across, his professionalism. He's already just really adhered himself to the Celtic support. Um, Barry, he's also in tremendous form uh, and... Uh, this could be a real opportunity for obviously what what happened last in the last league cup final put him in a in a very put him up a notch in regards to that Celtic striker. This could really put him up another notch to get him really quite close to the top. Definitely, I think if you think back to the final last year, um, that kind of accelerated his progress. I think as a Celtic player, we'd seen how good he was up until then. But that almost kind of fast forward his status with the Celtic support and yeah. what he'd done because it's the Kyogo final, that's how you would refer to it now. Um, I think he has been quite unlucky um, in his times against Rangers because obviously the first game he was kind of shifted out to the wing um, to accommodate Edward. Then he had the injuries for the rest of them. Um, I think he was maybe still trying to find fitness at the semi-final um, last year when he came on. And then obviously the injury um, at the start of this season. And although I don't think he played particularly well, um, I don't think anyone did um, for us for large periods at Ibrooks, he still comes up with the goods um, to get a, a crucial point for us. So, yeah, the form he's in, sensational. Um, the one thing that jumped out for me when you were reading those quotes there was you mentioned it, how humble he is. And compare that to the likes of Sakala and so on across the city. Um, full of nonsense, all mouth. Um, whereas Celtic have been kind of inward, sort of looking inwards, thinking about us, and a player who's in rich a rich vein of form, talking about what he needs to do to improve. So, if this is him with levels to go up, then we're going to reap the benefits. So, I think 
Although we were really worried with his injury, I think that kind of rest period might just be perfect. And again, we spoke about the preparations with um, no injuries and a full squad to play from. You're just hoping that this is Kyogo's big moment to really put in a performance and grab a couple of goals against them to have that big performance. Because although he did score the crucial goal at Ibrox, I think we're still waiting for that Kyogo moment. Um to really, really kind of set the header right against Rangers. Uh, last season, I mean, people forget, um, you know, he only played 33 games. Um, he scored 20 goals. This season, he scored 30, he's played 34 games and he's got 22 goals. Um, Eddie, how important do you think it is that he kind of got that monkey off his back in regards to scoring against them? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly important. I mean, if you look across the city at uh, players that, you know, went a years without scoring against us. Uh, you could kind of see how it affects a player uh, when that happens. So I think um, for him to get a goal was super important. And I think Barry's um, mention of his form now, I think, um, you know, you're right with, with all of the frustrations that he's kind of been through um, in the last couple of seasons. He seems, I mean, I don't want to say injury prone, but, you know, it's, I feel like there's always in the back of your mind, you know, during an important moment, Kyogo's like something's going to happen to him because uh, he's been out for a couple of big moments. But um, I think, I think we will see that this season uh, against them because, you know, the player that we thought we saw and the player that we saw, um, you know, it was kind of off and on this season, but I think lately he's scoring chances that you expect him to score. He's, you know, I think the players around him are also getting better at finding him. Um, there's just so much, there's just so much happening right now that kind of gathers together and gives us the momentum going forward. So I think he's going to benefit a lot from, uh, even the way we played, uh, against Aberdeen. I think there's a lot of things that he can benefit from, um, you know, from the way we played there as well. So just, I mean, who wouldn't want that moment, you know, on Sunday, I feel like it's going to be up there with, you know, one of those things you would say on a pod eventually, you know, like your favorite Derby moment. I feel like Kyogo is just, he's, he's got it in him and we just, you know, we just need to see it. You know, I really do feel that if he, you know, he's, he's in form. I don't feel like the last time we played him and that he played against them, that he was, in the form he's in now, so I think his form level has went up. Um, he can just—I—I—I I, I honestly think he's going to go in and they're going to not know how to deal with him because obviously he played in that first game against them and he was out wide because we still had um, Edward, and then in the last game at home he was injured within a minute. You know, there's so many kind of factors that kind of mean that this really is set up for him to kind of. You know, not take the bull by the horns in regards to the game because that'll be Hitati, of course. Um, but um, you know, be kind of the the tip of the spear and to really you know put them put them in their fucking place. Put them put them in their fucking place. Eddie, have you got a point? Sorry. Uh, no, I feel like I feel like it's like a Rocky story. You know, maybe maybe we'll have a Kyogo uh, Rocky YouTube video. Uh, hopefully. Oh, after Sunday, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, Celtic currently have the longest unbeaten run in, in Europe, currently, at 23, which is 
you know, just shows how good this team is. If we kind of cut back to the day after the St. Mirren game and think about, you know, when we when we lost to St. Mirren and, you know, there was, I'm, I'm sure there was a fear for everyone that, oh, you know, we're, we're in a bit of trouble here because we performed so badly. Cut to now, 23 games unbeaten. Hopefully it'll be 24 on a Sunday. Uh, we've got a couple of talking points. Got a couple of a uh, couple of the cynic weekly talking points, guys. Uh, I want to talk you through some points here. Um, God, so I really, I, I really hate myself sometimes. I really, I, Radio Jesus. voice, radio. Uh, you're, just nervous. Uh, <laughs> you're just nervous. You're just nervous. Don't worry. Uh, um, <laughs> we're we're here. Yeah, uh, just some of the, we're, the talking points we've got are in regards to like Michael Beale and some of the stuff he said. But even before we get to that, just some of the media coverage um, and this weird genuinely weird sort of slanting towards this is it for rangers and there's not been a lot of kind of i just and okay like i'm a celtic fan we're on a celtic uh fan media podcast like and subscription service at the cynic.co but so like i understand that you know we're probably going to be slanted but like um yeah but barry these articles where it's like, Jota needs to be better, doesn't he? And then an ex-Celtic player saying, aye, he does. Our, a good friend, Simon Donnelly. A good friend, Simon Donnelly. One. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Fr- pretty frustrating taking the, old, um, taking the old chilling and then being on Celtic TV a week later. But, I mean, it's just that, <laughs> what have you made of the, the, the Celtic media coverage? It's actually quite, um, deep down I quite like how little there's been of us. Like, if... It is kind of clutching at straws, those type of stories of Jota needs to find his form and yeah. um, stuff like that. Stuff about Joe Hart last week. But it's almost, and I'm hoping this comes to fruition, it's setting them up for a fall, I think. Um, I was watching the, the news, 6 o'clock news tonight, and um, they were building up how they had an action-packed um, sports section to come up, and then there wasn't a single thing about Celtic. Um, yeah. Which... Kind of says it all in a way, but again, I like. I think that's the way that Ange would like it. Um, we've seen over recent weeks how frustrated he's been with the standard of questioning at press conferences, head in his hands um, more than a few times on Friday just past. So it's kind of that that phrase that I always like, like never interrupt an idiot, um, <laughs> yeah. because yeah, just let them ramble Love on, that. and um, and that's what it seems to be. It's soundbite after soundbite. And it wasn't only it wasn't really until maybe yesterday or today you started to see the the sort of puff pieces as you say or the the negative slants on Celtic because the media themselves must notice that there's not much coming out of our camp. Um, obviously, the the Kyogo um, piece you mentioned there was all really nice and um, adhering. Um There was nothing they could really take out of context there. Whereas there seems to be people coming out of the woodwork to talk about them and how good they are. Brian Loudrup, etc. Where's he been for the last 10, 15 years? And he's coming out talking about how good this Rangers team are. So, yeah, I think I can see why, I suppose people who don't have access to media, like maybe the older generation, and that's a, gen, a sweeping generalisation, but people who aren't on social media or um, listen to podcasts, or etc., who still get their information from papers and the radio, I feel for them a wee bit because it must be galling that the only coverage they get is Rangers sort of shoved down their throat or the occasional story about how Jota's not informed when anyone who saw the Aberdeen game would say he was bang back in form. 
Um, Absolutely. So a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I just wanted to bring it up because, yeah, you know, <laughs> listen, you got to rail against the the man occasionally. Um, Eddie, your thoughts? I mean, I feel like Barry put it kind of uh, pretty perfectly there. I think uh, they do a really good job of making a fool out of themselves. Uh, so you, you know, it's, it's not the worst that we don't get coverage because I think we do have outlets like ourselves and, um, you know, Celtic fan media, um, that you could kind of get your news from while also kind of having, you know, a critical tilt to it. So you're getting an honest assessment of what's going on as opposed to just some like trumped up bullshit article that, you know, some mainstream paper uh, picks out of two or three quotes from an interview that Kyogo did or, you know, so I think in that way, um, I'm not even sure if I would want their coverage, you know, uh, that's just me. I think um, I, w- I would rather, I would rather read the ridiculous, you know, the ridiculous Rangers quotes and coverage. I mean, Barry makes a great point about Laudrup, like, geez. I mean, they really just like, all right, guys, you know, games cut up Sunday, you know, making phone calls to everybody who's played for them for the last like 15, 20 years. Just like, it's probably the first day. It's probably the first game he's going to be watching in the last 10 years. So yeah, it's, it's just a joke, really. So I, I actually eat that shit up. So yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the thing I think is quite funny. I mentioned this one, I think earlier in the week about like, I seen a quote from Loudrop and it's like the, the pace of Ryan Kent and um, the pace of Sakala. Celtic, that's the way you beat Celtic. Celtic won't de- be able to deal with that. It's like, well, we've dealt with it the last couple of games. Like, Incredible. Have, seen, have you seen Ryan Maida? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, they're going to beat us by pace. It's like, are, are you joking? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring it up, as I say, because, you know, as much as I, I do, um, it does still annoy me, I'll be honest. I've got that kind of going back to my childhood, reading the Daily Record and, you know, seeing their back pages, headlines and stuff, and it, it does still kind of frustrate me. And that's that's a, that's a Chris problem. I totally get that. So we'll move on. Um, I, that press conference, though, Michael Beale <laughs> quoted as saying, um, of the last four trophies handed out in Scotland, two were handed to Rangers, uh, which is just not true. I mean, Michael Beale seems to be like, like it's like David Trump. Brent. It's like David. Um, David Trump. Jesus. It's like uh, Donald Trump. Like I'll just say something. I assume no one's going to fact check this, so it's fine because I'm the Rangers manager. It's like, well, I mean, most people won't. But have you seen Twitter? That's just. It's just Twitter is just a, a room full of uh, football detectives who are going to you know analyze everything. But um, you know, Michael Beale just comes across as really, really unlikable, Eddie. Yeah, I think again, it's it's just one of those things where, I mean, do they get these guys from a factory or something like that? Like they just fit the profile, you know. Like the last, however many, they're just all very much the same uh, as far as you know what they say to the support and what they say to you know newspapers and press conferences. It's all the same, you know, hokey bullshit, inspirational, like, but also at the same time, you know. I'm, I'm going to stand up to this, you know, we're, we're going to be the ones to uh, beat Celtic and, you know, confident in my team, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just, it, it's literally like, it's a joke. Like somebody's going to pull, you know, somebody's going to pop out at one of the press conferences, be like, all right, guys, we we're just kidding. The real, the real manager's uh, coming in soon. It's like, it's a fucking, he's, he's like a court jester. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, Barry? One of the things that I found interesting, um, I think it was yesterday when I was driving to work and it was the <clears throat> 8 o'clock news or whatever it was, and they had a clip of Bill and he was talking about how if he wins or if he loses, his entry on Monday is still going to be the same. He's like, if I win the cup, great, but if I, if I lose the cup, we've still got the same improvement to make. And I thought, I can't often, can't really recall in recent times or any time, a manager talking about losing a cup final. And I'm hoping that, you know, the whole psychology thing about you don't say to a team, don't lose when they go out because that's planted the seed of losing um, before they go out into the, onto the pitch. So I'm hoping, that's me and be clutching at straws, that that'll work in our favour because I found it very unusual for a manager to even consider losing or not only consider it, but to verbalise that in public. Well, you know, if there's like a, a mole in the dressing room or something, we might be able to find out what kind of has been said behind the scenes. So maybe that maybe that will come out. Um, <laughs> uh, Fashion Sakala to calling us that mob. I right, we'll, we'll, we'll patch this in a second. It's just like their build up. Th- th- this this build up has been insane. Um, he, he called us that mob, and like all their fa- their fans are like eating up with a spoon, and it's kind of like. You, do you know, there's one thing about Rangers that, you know, I, I I will say, and I always thought that they really wanted to beat us and they thought, a lot of the time, I used to think that they were, like, daft because they thought they could beat us and we would walk over them and smash them. And there's a certain element of, I despise them, they're scumbags, you know, fuck them and all that. But also, well, at least they think they can beat us. They don't, I just don't think they have that now. They're, 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 they're like, happy that they're, strikers are saying calling us that mob and their manager wears brown brogues like ironically enough fashion is a big part of what it means to be a rangers fan because the suit and the brown brogues they, they love all that shit um, they're just their standard seems to seems to have fallen off the hill because barry if someone if, if, if one of our players called them that mob i, I would find it a bit of a ready yeah uh-huh and it's that whole I know it's a kind of tired cliche now, but the whole um, pin that to the dressing um, room wall and all that. Um, but you're just hoping the fact, as I mentioned earlier, the fact that we have been so quiet, it must be, it's almost like they're desperate. It's like a child, isn't it, for attention, desperate to get a reaction out of us. So you can imagine McGregor and Ryan Jack saying, say this, go out and call them the other mob or whatever, um, and they'll all have a laugh at it. But we'll just be joking about it. And, you're hoping quietly in the dressing room or at training, we're talking about this and McGregor's using this to sort of fuel that we'll keep our, our powder dry, as it were, um, and hopefully we can taunt them back when we're walking around the pitch for the cup um, at five o'clock on Sunday night. Just just a bunch of weird people. Yeah. Just yeah. weird. <clears throat> just it's very sad. It's pathetic. Sad for them. It's, it's embarrassing. I go, it is, yeah. I could go back to the... the, the, the zombie thing but we won't we'll move on and well do you know what let's actually focus on the game let's look ahead to what we're thinking because it's a massive game um barry what's your kind of general thoughts in the game um, no in fact we'll, we'll start with eddie of course um eddie what's your kind of general thoughts in the game in regard to what sort of game do you think it's going to be because obviously the last uh, cup final we had against them was 2019 mm-hmm. which proved to be a game that wasn't particularly high in quality from our point of view but you know, we won, so ultimately you only remember the teams that win. What's your feelings going into this game? I mean, I think 
you know, we all can agree that we're an infinitely better team <laughs> now than we were uh, then. So I think we do have that uh, on our side. Um, I think, again, we're going to see pretty much the same from Rangers. They're probably going to press us high very early and as long as they can. Um, I'm assuming you're probably going to see uh, McGregor marked out of the game. Um, just kind of the stuff that you expect from any team, uh, but maybe at a slightly higher quality. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I expect us to kind of really start out on the front foot and start fast. I mean, I think with, you know, that game against Aberdeen and, and getting those two quick goals, you can see how kind of, you know, if you get those two quick goals, it's it's going to be a flood of them. You know, I think that's a lot of our teams, even in the past, kind of fed off that, you know, fed off that energy of the first, second goal that goes in. And once we score, it's almost like you're done, you know, and I think once that happens, it'll open up even more. And then, you know, what we were seeing, I know there's a question a little bit later on as far as, you know, us playing through the middle a lot more. And I think that was something that I noticed big time uh in the Aberdeen game. And I think we've all been kind of calling out for it, especially when we kind of get, uh you know, just basically going on either wing and trying to uh, set the game up that way. Um So I think, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just going to play into our hands if we get two quick goals, hopefully, you know, we score first and then, then it's just kind of open the floodgates from there. But it's it's going to be interesting. I think Johnston is one of the ones that uh, I'm just thinking about. Just, uh, you know, he had a, a decent game against them in his first game. But, you know, just kind of interested to see how he'll handle the occasion, how he's going to, I guess, you know, split as far as defensive duties and, um, you know, going forward. I think that's always kind of interesting to me, just seeing him, you know, where he's at. But... Yeah, I expect it to be super fast-paced, and and hopefully we just go for the jugular like right off the bat. Uh, Barry, what, what's your kind of general thoughts going into it? Yeah, um, much the same as Eddie, but I think the the one thing that's I think it's exciting all of the, the Celtic support just now is um, the sort of rise and rise of um, Rio Hatati. He's just so influential. Um, he's starting to become that all-encompassing midfielder where um, he wants the ball at all times. Um, he's, I think I mentioned on the reaction on Saturday, his physique helps him um, in a lot of situations when he kind of gets the ball and he can use his body to protect the ball. He's adding goals to his game now. His passing is exceptional and you're hoping on that big pitch at Hamden. He's the, the man that can find Kyogo with those runs. Um I agree with Eddie about going through the middle um, because we needed to find another way because I think we were maybe over-reliant on the wings, as Eddie says, but the fact that we're now... We look a threat all over the pitch and I'm just hoping that there is enough there. Um, it'll be interesting. I know we'll come on to team selection, but I think um, if they do, and I think they will, as Eddie says, man Mark McGregor, how we try and counter that. Um, I think there's a couple of things we can do, but no, I think... Celtic are playing really well. It's it's a team that you love to to watch. Um, just now because of the quality of football, the goals that we're scoring, the chances we're creating, and you're just hoping that we we have a really good day because I think the form I think after World Cup, although we were getting results, 
wasn't great. Um, there weren't too many good performances, but I think the last three or four weeks has really changed that. Um, it looks like we're building to something pretty spectacular, and I hope not that it comes to like the sort of peak of it on Sunday, but if we can just continue this sort of upward trajectory, um, I'd like to think that'd be enough to to have the the trophy in the bag come Sunday night. Um, this is the Cynic Weekly, of course. Tomorrow we've got the Lunch Club. It'll be myself and Alan Edgar. Um, we'll be recording live from a venue in town, Glasgow City Centre. Then on Saturday we've got a preview where we have a full tactical opposition analysis of Rangers and um, we'll be talking through some other things as well um, as we kind of head into the game. And then the game itself we'll have a reaction straight afterwards. Um, so looking really forward to getting our teeth into this game. Um you make a good point, Barry, in regards to, uh, you know, Rio Hatati. And we, obviously we mentioned uh, Callum McGregor and we've mentioned Kyogo. Um, how important is how we play from the back? Um, it's something that kind of continually gets brought up. Um, you know, we've talked about it this week um, on a couple of podcasts. Um, does that play out from the back, Eddie? Does that worry you? Or is it a case of we just... We know what our weaknesses are there, but we're just going to have to accept it because Starfield and Car- or Vickers are our best defenders currently. So you play your you play the hot hand, as our friend Lorenzo would say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think they're maybe as bad as uh, you know some people think. Uh, I think at the same time, it's definitely not you know the height of their game, but. I can't say that you've seen it do too much damage in games like these or just kind of really in general, general, uh, outside of maybe Europe. Um, so I think uh, I remember when they first came in, I thought anyway, that even just, um, you know, getting the ball out quicker just to either wing or even the six showing, uh, which is obviously going to be difficult this game, but I think, you know, we could work ways you know, we could work around that. And I think um, even in the Aberdeen game, you saw, you know, what CCV can be capable of when he does go forward. I think there was some really nice, you know, through balls. Um, was it to Hatate that one just really fired in there? So I, th- I think they're capable of it. I think whether they kind of do it is a different thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about it too much. I think this is what we've built and this is the team that we kind of, you know, watch play this incredible football. So it's not necessarily, um, you know, affecting it that much. I think obviously Joe Hart has had some pretty uh, um, kind of high profile, uh, little, you know, mistakes. And I do think some of them, you know, had to do with, I mean, Starfelt a couple of times. I think, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I think the mistakes are there and you worry about them, but I think overall, I don't think it's really cost us that much um, as far as, you know, getting piled on or, or anything like that. So, I mean, you have to be confident in the pair that is, I mean, they're definitely the best defensive pair in the league easily. Um, So let me jump in and, you know, you could argue that the game at Ibrooks, we were doing pretty well until Joe Hart makes that mistake. And you know, yeah. and you know, he is part of the the backline, and that is part of of playing out because we're asking him to do something he's not necessarily comfortable with. So, I mean, you could put that point up that in the game at Ibrooks, if he had doesn't make that mistake that costs that goal, it might have been different. 
Very true. Very true. But I, I think also he has the capability to, um, I know usually when he gets the ball, he's, he's immediately looking for that outlet. So, um, I think there was a couple of times, maybe a couple of weeks ago that, you know, his quick, super long throws, you know, will put players in space, but they have to take advantage of that. You know, I feel like at the same time, I think Starfelt in general, just personally, I think, um, you know, can, has, can and has put heart in danger plenty of times. And you've seen, you know, CCV kind of clean that up a lot of the times too. Um, so, I, I yeah, I mean, I, the mistakes are there, but. I don't, I don't care for the Starfield negativity. <laughs> it's listen, he's, he's a great player. He is, but I mean, he has obvious deficiencies just like anyone else, you know? So I he's think just, he's he just might- a man. He's just an innocent man. <laughs> but Barry, what's your kind of, what's your kind of thoughts on the, the back line? You know, Greg Taylor is someone who has been an absolute stalwart for us this season, but ironically enough, he scored in the semi-final last year, but it probably was one of his worst games that he's had over the last two seasons. Yeah, that's it. And I think I think we just have to have the sort of quickness of thought. I think when the mistakes come is when we dilly-dally. So see when we doubt ourselves, um, the likes of Hart or Starfield doubt themselves, that's when panic starts to creep in and you can see it affecting them. Whereas I think if Hart's got the ball at his feet, try and move it as quickly as possible without giving it too much of a second thought. Um, I do agree that there are deficiencies there, but You've got to play to your strengths because there are so many strengths in this team. So you're hoping that um, our strengths can sort of compensate for that. But I do think that if we just do things a little bit quicker, um, have the confidence just to move it on without dilly-dallying, as I say, because then that just invites pressure. So, yeah, just have this kind of the train of thought. It's what they do every day, all day. Um, Joe Hart's been very vocal about this is a very particular way of playing. He's never played it before even under the lights of Guardiola. So, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with Eddie. It is a deficiency, but I'm not too worried about it. I think it's something that we need to keep an eye on, but we can. there's ways around it if we're, we have that quickness of thought. Eddie, you want to come back in? Yeah, I just think, I mean, think about how many games that we've smashed teams 9-6-5-0, you know? I mean, the same players were playing. I just think... Again, how many times that we get actually smashed in a game outside of Europe? So you know, I, I yeah, I know, but like, the, the, there's been games against them over the last two years outside of Celtic Park, where, and I know we did well at Ibrox, um last season, but this season Ibrox we weren't very good, and you know, the last time, and by the way, I, I don't want to bring it down. I just, it's just, it's just a worry, a bit of a worry I have because um, yeah. I just feel that. I like Starfield and I like CCV and I like Joe Hart and I think they're our best, they're the best players in that position. So I think you have to do something to counter. I just hope we've worked on stuff to counter it is all because yeah, they are the best players. I, I don't think you can pick any, anybody else from a centre half point of view. Even if you think Kobayashi is the next, you know, Franz Beckenbauer, it doesn't matter. He's played what one game, two games. Two this games, is, yeah. It's not the game we put him in for. So, so I completely understand what you're saying. I just, that's, that's really the only position that, you know, we I'm worried about, and I'm not even that worried about it because there's nothing think, we can do unless unless they're yeah. going to change how they play yeah. within the the, the the period. Maybe they've come up. You know, it's funny. Um, 
we had uh, we had Anthony Devine um, was at the Celtic press Celtic FC women press conference um, for us, um, and he did a great job. He asked a couple of questions, but one of the questions he asked Fran Alonso because Rangers um, Rangers women side they're the only team that press us from the the the, the, the women's league, so the SWPL, and um, he asked Fran like, how do you kind of deal with the fact that you don't get pressed, and then against Rangers you do, and Fran says. We just we just prepare, we just prepare to get pressed, and another, another when we're not getting pressed, we prepare not to get pressed. If we play Rangers and they press us, um, we'll ha- we'll have prepared for that. If we play Rangers and they don't prepare for us, we'll just treat it like any other game. So I thought the psychology of that that's probably something that you wouldn't get from from Ange because it's a little bit kind of higher profile. But I thought that was like an interesting answer. So let's hope that they have worked on it. Um, because you know it's it's the main area that we all talk about in regard to that one part of our game we'd like to improve. And I think yep. if you if you think about next season, that is the one part of the game that you, that's one part area that you'd like to improve. So yeah, I bring it up and um, because yeah, I think we have to. Uh, how worried are you about the referee, uh, Brian? Brian Barry, sorry. Always always worried about them. Um, I think Eddie touched on it, bringing in. VAR as well, it's another variable isn't it when it shouldn't be um, it's meant to come in and sort of smooth out the issues and assist the referees as it's in the title but it's been a, a disaster since it's come in um, and yeah it's just another thing to worry about and God knows we didn't need one of those uh, <laughs> because we're worried enough as it is but I would like to think that it won't play a part, you're hoping that our football does the talking. We're too good for them, as Eddie says. If we can get a couple of quick goals in quick succession, then um, we're hoping that we sort of play around, not only play around Rangers, but we play around the officials and the, the video assistant referee as well. Yeah, Eddie, is there a fear? You know, we saw it in the, the semi last <coughs> season where, as an example, Tom Rogic, they would just take turns to to foul them. You know, if, you know, referees should see that. They should see that, and I'm sure they do. And they still do nothing about it, but it's systematic fouling. Is that? Do you think that's going to be something similar that's going to happen on Sunday with instead of Rogic, Hatati? Yeah, I mean, you would definitely think so. Um, it, it seems to play a part in pretty much every game we play against them, but uh, also at the same time, I feel like VAR has, or almost, I feel like it's made the referees worse in a way uh, in game. You know, yeah, just yeah. like it's almost like they are thinking about it during the game um, and then, you know, have to make a decision as opposed to just, you know, roughing the game terribly. <laughs> it's like it it definitely feels like they've gotten worse uh, and and I think less consistent as well, even less than they already were. So I think that is a huge worry. I mean, it's it really sucks to have to say something like that, but um yeah, that, that is a worry, especially, you know, God forbid something happens as far as injury goes or, you know, they're already man marking McGregor if they, you know, wind up a Tate kicking them all over. I mean, that's, you know, two huge pieces that we need to kind of um, be working in unison and quickly and kind of link everything together. So it's it's definitely a worry. Absolutely. Um Let's pick our teams. Uh, let's uh, get uh, the teams we think are going to play. Uh, Barry, what is your back five? I think it picks itself, doesn't it? So Hart, Johnson, Starfelt, CCV and Taylor. Uh, Eddie, any kind of... I think that's everyone's back five, right? Yep, exactly. 
Um, Eddie, what's your midfield? What's your midfield? This is a, this is a, bi- this is a big question. <laughs> um, obviously, I think you know. I don't think we're in a terrible position either way, but I, I would go with the hot hands uh, coming off the Aberdeen game. I think O'Reilly's been in great form and kind of back to what we need him to be. And I think Barry mentioned before, as far as quickness of thought, I think he can provide that um, as well as um, just that vision and kind of grit. He also has a grit to him too. Uh, so I think it's, for me, it's going to be O'Reilly, McGregor, Hatsate. Barry? I'm going to, I, I wouldn't be disappointed with that, but I think um, Moy over the last, what, six weeks, obviously was injured for the Aberdeen game, but the six, seven weeks since the World Cup, um, probably longer actually, um, he's been exceptional for us. And I tend to think that maybe his, the lack of his inclusion at Ibrooks maybe cost us. Um, I mentioned earlier about, um, this is something Alan was discussing, was discussing with Alan earlier about it could be a way to counter if they man Mark McGregor, get another player who's comfortable receiving the ball, um, and then just moving it on. Um, I know he doesn't maybe have the vision of, um, no, maybe that's unfair, but maybe he doesn't have the quickness um, to go past players and carry the ball. But I think his vision and able to move the ball on quickly um, could really help us. So it's. It's just someone who can go back and take the ball off the centre-halves, take it from Hatate. Um, we've seen how good his delivery is um, if he gets into wide positions as well. So I would I would go with Moy, but if the team comes out and it's so early, I wouldn't be disappointed at all. And I think that's a good position to be in because maybe three or four months ago, our midfield three were pretty nailed on, um, regardless of form. Um, so I think Moy's really... Showing that he has been a, a shrewd bit of business, um, and yeah, I would quite like to see him play. Uh, and I'll myself. Uh, well, oh, Jesus! Asking me, thanks very much. Um, yeah, I notice Mister Marion now. I don't tend to do that. So, no, I feel <laughs> me like... and Eddie are for a place in the, we're, the squad. We're not, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. That's it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because I would actually probably play the hot hand, and I would play O'Reilly. Um, but I think, as as um, Eddie said and as mentioned during the week, both of them are going to get at least half an hour. You know, I, I think that that change in sixtieth minute, I actually think it might make a little bit more sense to bring Moy on to calm things down a little bit for to kind of to keep control. But also, I think Moy's vision is excellent, and I think his ability to you know really kind of thread the eye of a needle with a pass. Um, especially down the wide areas for players to run yeah. onto it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a cop out saying either, but at the same time, I, I would probably start with O'Reilly because I'd like to be quite on the front foot with pace, um, and we can bring Moy on to kind of clean everything up. Barry, well, I'll say, well, I, I would like Moy to start. I think the point that you raise is a good one. Um, I think you're more likely to get more out of the game if Moy is coming on, whereas I don't think O'Reilly coming on has had the impact like he had starting um, on Saturday. So if you're looking at it for the whole 90 and God, please God, it doesn't go beyond 90. (laughs) um, Oh God, I just shivered down my spine there. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I think from that point of view, if you're looking at the team that finishes rather than the team that starts, I think Moy's got more to give coming on to, to settle it down, as you say. So it's a good position to be in, either way. Um, let's go with the, the the forward line. I'll do the forward line. Um, I, again, I think everyone would pick Kyogo. I think, to be honest, I think everyone would pick, would pick Kyogo, Jota and Maeda. I, I, I think... And, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who will highlight Abada's um, record against Rangers. And again, it's the it's kind of the thing where I would go, okay, I I, I kind of get it, but I would prefer Jota and Maeda to start. Um, Jota needs to find some form from somewhere, though. Um, no, Jota and Maeda, I thought, against Aberdeen were, were both excellent. Um, Kyogo's just in superb form. Any change from either of you guys, Eddie? Is that how you would go? Again, we've got you know the sixty minute mark. If you want to bring on your Abadas, you want to bring on your Haksabanovic, a little bit something different. We've got a tool belt. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's that's what makes this not necessarily easy, but just kind of you know, there's no real mistake. I guess um, I think that's exactly how it go uh, go um, with the front three. I think. Obviously, we mentioned earlier in the podcast about as far as, you know, the form that our bench is in and kind of the options that we have for the bench, like you mentioned. So, uh, I mean, you could literally start the complete opposite of that and still feel, you know, positive in a way. Um, so, yeah, and especially with kind of the way O plays, I guess, you know, in the kind of short glimpse um, that we've seen of him, I think what he brings coming on uh would be really great especially with Moy too so a little bit more control a little bit more kind of slowing it down bringing players in so um yeah but i would go uh Jata Kiyoko Miyada. Barry yourself yeah no um no disagreement from me i think and it's it's maybe forgotten about a wee bit but you you just think back to Ibrox who started with Forrest didn't we on the right um, I think there was maybe there was talk of an illness maybe running through the squad but and then when Jota came on um, it was his kind of trickery him and Moy actually combined to to kind of set up the chance for Kyogo's equaliser so yeah Maeda's banging form after the World Cup as well um, kind of rich scoring um, form as well from the wide areas, Jota, as, as we mentioned, I thought he was back to his best. Um, we spoke on the reaction gal about how they were voluntarily switching positions, doing the old Neil Lennon um, switch the wingers. <laughs> um, and I think that that gives them a lot to think about because a lot of their attacking play comes from their two fullbacks, and there's a lot of talk that Barisic is back to his best. Um, but a weird the quality that we've got, I don't think there's a real drop-off, obviously. I think both of them are probably better on the left-hand side, but Jota's more than capable, um, and it also helps pinning back their, their full-backs as well. So, yeah, plenty to sort of be excited about from a wide players, and then, as we say, we've got a bad uh, Haksabanovic um, O as, a, as the replacements. And I think back to last season, Eddie's talking about how good we are as a squad and we are where we want to be. If you think back to that game when we were winning in Leverkusen, remember, we t- took off our front three. I think one of the players that came on was Mikey Johnson, wasn't there? And the, the quality dropped dropped off. Whereas now it revitalises, it almost gives, it gives us a, a boost of energy and recharges us to go on and um, kind of put games to bed. Um, obviously, Maeda is a fan of the band Manson because he loves... Uh... 
wide open spaces. Um, so the, the thing that I think is is key for for Sunday is how we start. I think if Celtic start on the front foot, if Celtic are aggressive, um, that's really what I want to see. I, you know, we're, we're almost uh, we're running out of time, but have you got a lot of fears, Barry, or is it a case of just is it more fear of the unknown of what's going to happen, or is there specific you know points that you're worried about? No, I think my fear comes from just years of this fixture, and um, we all know how sore it is to lose a game against them and a cup final. It's almost like the double tap, <laughs> as you would say. Um, that's more the fear. The fear isn't about Celtic and how they perform, or um, because I think I think Ange made a great point about it's not his job to be nervous. His job is to prepare players to play a football match, um, which I thought was perfect. That can me right down listening to that. Um, but my fear comes from it's almost a selfish sort of how am I going to deal with it if it doesn't go our way? Do you know what I mean? Like how <laughs> how's my week next week going to be if we haven't got that trophy? Um, so, yeah, Mafia comes more from history rather than this current team because I know we, we did have the semi-final, but there was sort of circumstances that led to that and lack of playing personnel. But, yeah, the fear's more from my side than thinking back to what it felt like when we lost before rather than fears about how the game will go. Eddie, the only thing to fear is fear itself. Yes, and you spell fear V-A-R for me. Um, I, I, re- I really do think that that's kind of not only just for like the sporting uh, for sporting reasons, you know, you, you don't want it. You don't want the game taken out of your hands. You know, imagine us playing, you know, as well as we can play and then something completely ridiculous takes it out of our hands. Um, I think that's just what I'm worried about, really. Um, but yeah. Um, hoping for a fast start and obviously um, hoping for a result because of what Barry mentioned as well. You have the kind of, it's not, it's like the post holiday, uh, you know, kind of feeling, but a billion times worse. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, hoping to not have that. Um, we have uh, Danny has seen us in a couple of scenarios um, and I'm going to give you, there's five of them. Um, we'll, I'll give you two each, and I'll take one. Right. Um, quick scenario number one, and let's let's kind of Barry first, kind of you know first thing that comes to your mind, right? Scenario number one: a corner to Celtic in the eighth minute. The initial ball is headed out of the out to the edge of the box. You can pick one Celtic player to be there to hit it. A first time shot at goal. Who do you pick? Rio Hatati. You- I think back to the second of February. Last year, when the collision between Calvin Bassey and Joe Aribo, was it? Yeah. And remember, there was that whole, um, what's his name? What was the ref? The guy that's no longer a ref in Scotland. Uh, Bobby Madden. Bobby Madden. Remember, he was doing all his best. How can we roll that out? How can we roll that out when there was nothing wrong with it? Um, And Hatati just kind of slots it in the corner. So for me, um, I think it had to be him. Beautiful, beautiful. Eddie, are you ready? Uh, okay. A ball gets played over the top of the Rangers' defence who are on the halfway line in the 23rd minute. Which Celtic player do you want running onto it to go on one-on-one with the Hall of Shamer, Alan McGregor? <laughs> I love that little added bit at the end there. Uh, I mean, it has to be Kyogo. It really does, because I feel like just 
you know, the variety of ways that he can finish, uh, that we've seen him finish in those situations and the form that he's in. I mean, you'd, you'd bet your mortgage that he'd be, uh, scoring there. So I'm going Kyogo. Okay, I'll do this one. A 50-50 tackle with Lundstrom in the centre of the pitch just before half-time. Which Celtic player do you want to go into the tackle? CCV. Yeah. CCV. I, I was. I mean, actually, genuinely, in part of my head, I was thinking, Tony Ralston? Just, <laughs> that would <laughs> mean bring him on. Yeah, just bring him on for that tackle. Um, okay, Barry, back to yourself, sir. Uh, Ryan Kent has one man to beat to get through on goal with 40 yards of space to run into. Which Celtic player do you want defending it with a 68 minutes on the clock? Tyson Maeda. (laughs) (laughs) Ideal. Absolutely ideal. Perfect. Uh, And uh, Eddie, you've got the last one. Finally, we have a free kick. Twenty. These are also... Can I just say, Danny, these are so specific. This is unbelievable. We have a free kick 23 yards from goal (laughs) in the 89th minute. Who do you want to take it? Eddie, who are we taking it? Oh, man. I mean, we don't, we don't have too many, uh, free kick takers, but I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with O'Reilly. I think, I think that's, I think that's a good shout. Perfect. Uh, Danny, thank you very much. Those were absolutely fantastic scenarios. Really, really good and really, like, scarily, scarily specific. I think him and uh, Paul Callan should hook up for the scenarios for... um, (laughs) Yes. The cynic walls. I just hope he's not like a soothsayer and he's like, you know, he's looked into the future and he's come back. Um, Anyway, listen, (laughs) uh, we're running out of time, but this has been genuinely fantastic. We had a lot of questions that we didn't get through. Um... We will. I'll get through them. Some of them tomorrow on the lunch club uh, with Alan Edgar. We're recording from a, a spot in town, so that should be great. Um, and as we say, we've got the the preview dropping on Saturday. Um, we also have a preview of the Celtic FC women's game. They're taking on Rangers on Friday. Get yourself along. Uh, there'll be a preview for that dropping tomorrow, and that'll be available to everyone. So it'll come on the 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 same. Uh, you'll get that the same way you get this podcast as well. So um, have a listen out for that. But. Um, Right, so for, for all your kind of coverage, the cynic.co, check it out. We've got reactions straight afterwards and everything like that and lots of features. Um, but this has been an absolute joy. Yeah, Alan Edgar and Chris Romani, better watch out. So I'm saying, we've got two of the best in town. Um, Barry Gallagher, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. I, I do feel better now. Um, I think I'm going off to kind of watch um, YouTube compilations of wins against them and goals against them. So... Hope everyone hangs on in there um, and we get the battle fever on for (laughs) for Sunday. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Eddie Walsh, pleasure, sir. It's, it's been great to spend my, uh, my Thursday evening afternoon with you two. I think I also have that same feeling, Uh, definitely excitement. And now this is, this is when it starts, you know, the, the time starts to watch those YouTube videos. And I think, uh, I hope everybody has a, has a really great Sunday. Absolutely. Um, from Eddie Walsh, from Barry Gallagher, I'm Chris Gallagher. We are the Cynic. This is the Cynic Weekly. Hail, hail the Celts are here. Mono hoops. Uh, and hope everyone has a fantastic weekend and we'll speak to you down the road.